You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Happy New Year, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, and of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Welcome to 2023. We're so glad that you're here with us today for the very first Press Zone podcast of the new year. It just always feels so refreshing, doesn't it? Getting getting started, a whole clean slate, new year ahead, new calendar. Um, there's always just this terrific sense of renewal at the beginning of, of a calendar year, and uh, it's it's pretty exciting, to say the least. Uh, glad that you're here with us today, whether you've been a longtime listener uh, over the last six seasons, or if maybe you're a relatively new listener. Um, welcome to the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show. Uh, I'm also the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com, covering the Laval Rocket and Habs Prospects. And we're just so glad that you're here with us today. We've got a great show for you uh, as as the NHL and the AHL kind of start to wake up their schedules again and get back in the in the swing of things. Uh, we'll get you caught up on where the Laval Rocket left things off before the New Year hol- New Year's holiday and what they've got ahead for them this week, uh, as well as an extensive medical update for the team uh, because injuries have certainly been an issue this year for the Laval Rocket. Uh, we'll look at where they're sitting in the standings at this point in the season. And then in our second segment, uh, Patrick Williams, uh, feature writer for uh, the AHL, and the NHL, uh, both of those websites, and a contributor here at Rocket Sports Media, uh, will join me for the AHL Hot Stove segment, and we're going to talk about lots of really cool stuff. Uh, The coaches for the AHL All-Star Game have been announced, so we're going to review who those are going to be, because Laval is hosting that next month. Um, And we're also going to talk a bit about um, the Manitoba Moose, who the Laval Rocket will be facing two times this week. So kind of giving you a bit of a preview of what to expect uh, when Manitoba visits Place Bell this week and plenty of other really interesting stuff that's AHL related and Laval Rocket related. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, But first, before we get there, let's just focus on the Laval Rocket currently. 
where they're sitting in the standings, uh, they did they did make some improvements last week. They managed to win both of their games against Syracuse on home ice last week. It's funny, um, you know, I mentioned on last week's show because Laval got beaten by Syracuse the week prior before Christmas that um, historically the Habs AHL affiliate um, doesn't always have a ton of success playing in Syracuse. It's a tough building to play in. Um, But also, kind of ironically, the Syracuse Crunch don't always have a lot of success playing in Laval either. Um, Both teams really seem to be affected when they're on the road. Um, And so Laval took full advantage of that last week, winning both of their games. Um, And that certainly has helped them as far as the standings go. They had been riding in the basement of the North Division for a while. uh, But those two wins managed to eke them 28 total points on the season so far um and that got them out of the basement cleveland and belleville are tied now for sixth and seventh place with 27 points so okay laval is technically in a playoff position at the moment uh with 28 points however the 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 two teams that are chasing them are are just a point behind them um and yes the points matter this year since everybody is on an even playing field as far as number of games played but if you do look at winning percentage um laval would technically be in sixth place in the North Division, not fifth, uh, because their winning percentage is just uh, a bit worse than Cleveland's, and it's not much better than Belleville. Uh, When you look at the conference, uh, Laval is sitting at 13th out of 15 in the conference. Again, it's just Cleveland and Belleville uh, sitting right behind them. They're actually tied for 12th with Hartford, but Hartford has the better winning percentage. And when you look at their standings across the league, those two wins have allowed them to shoot up to 24th place uh, in, in the league, which, I mean, that's still really not that good. They're, they're tied for 23rd place with Hartford. Um, but when you look at their winning percentage, unfortunately, uh, it drops them down to 25th. So they're sitting in the bottom quarter of the league. Um, but who knows? Two wins last week, particularly with how decimated J.F. Ull's roster is right now. You've got Anthony Richard and Justin Barron both on recall to Montreal. In addition to that, let me run through this for you. Uh, Xavier Simino and Nate Schnarr both returned to practice last week. Um, we saw non-contact jerseys. It's likely that at least Nate, Sh- Nate Schnarr could possibly return to play this week he's been out for probably five or six weeks now uh so it, it's possible that they're going to get schnarr back Caden primo finally returned to the ice to practice for the first time in a month last friday um we saw uh the rocket broadcaster anthony marcotte tweeting you know we 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 were under the impression and, and with the understanding that the initial reason that Primo was out was because that cut he took to the head while sitting on the bench backing up Kevin Poulan at the end of November um, was just deep enough and in a spot on his head that it was too painful and uncomfortable for Primo to put his mask on. And if he can't put his mask on, uh, then he can't dress. 
Um, but then it started to linger and linger and linger, and almost a month went by, and we saw Anthony Marcotte tweet uh, that it turns out that he's also been experiencing headaches. So that, while no one has come out to say that he had suffered a concussion, um, if he is dealing with recurring headaches after this cut on his head, um, it is possible. No one is saying for sure because I am not a medical doctor and I have not done a medical exam on Caden Primo, but recurring headaches a month after uh, a hit to the head with a stick that that caused a, a, a gash in his head uh, sort of indicates that maybe there was a mild concussion there, but we don't know for sure. Uh, so he started skating again on Friday. That's a good indication, but we'll kind of take that a day at a time because you know there can always be setbacks when that kind of thing uh, crops up. Danik Martell, still not back to practice. We have no idea what's wrong with Danik Martell other than he has an upper body injury, uh, but it's also been uh, quite a while since he has played. Jan Meshack, uh, lower body injury. He is likely not going to be back for, I don't know, uh, probably another month or so. He's he's still rehabbing. Uh, Leskinen, Otto Leskinen, lower body injury. He's going to be out for the next four to six weeks as well. Madison Bowie, defenseman. Upper body injury, he's out indefinitely. And uh, Brandon Zignac, uh has a lower body injury. He's going to require further medical evaluation. No update on him as yet. So um, JFL is working with a very, uh, very slimmed down roster. A lot of guys recalled from Trois-Rivières. Um, and it's it's not been an easy go of it. So despite all of that, um, it seems uh, that the bench is kind of starting to understand that they're in a really precarious position because when they had a healthy roster, they've not been playing well. And now with all of the all of the guys who are missing from the roster, it could get really bad. And it seems that, you know, they're stepping up and kind of trying to, to be the next man up, take advantage of that. And, and young guys getting called up are trying to contribute and trying to, to make their case to stick. And that's what happened uh, first on Wednesday night. We had uh, the, the Laval Rocket beat the Syracuse Crunch uh, last Wednesday night, 6-3. to three. Um, And you had guys like Rem Pitlick was scoring. Joel Teasdale has has uh, opened up his production a bit more. Uh, Corey Schooneman with a goal. Alex Belzeal with a goal. But interestingly enough, two guys scoring their first goal of the season in the AHL, um, even, even their first goal. AHL goal uh, career-wide. That was Olivier Gallibeau and uh, William Trudeau. Both scored uh, their first goals of the season, uh, first AHL goals on on that game. Uh, and so a big 6-3 win. Uh, it got really physical. It got really nasty. Uh, these two teams do not like one another at all. Uh, and there was just, just some some really big, nasty uh, moments, uh, you know, 12 penalty minutes for the Rocket, eight for the Crunch. The penalties weren't there so much, but it was, uh, tensions were certainly running high. Um, so Friday night's game was kind of like, a, okay, um, here's another opportunity where we can test to see if Rocket, if the Rocket can put together back-to-back -to -back wins again. And remember, they've only really done that once this season, and that was very recently. Um, and it was uh, it was a really bizarre first period. Um, Declan Carlisle uh, rips a shot that goes off, looks like it goes off the crossbar, um, and no one on the ice reacted 
officials indicated no goal. Play continued. The play didn't even stop. The play continued. Um, Declan Carlisle was was the only one who reacted like put his arms up like, hey, I scored a goal, but not a single other person on the ice reacted. And so play just continued for over three minutes before the next stoppage came around. When that stoppage came around more than three minutes later, um, the, the officials reviewed the play. And sure enough, you saw on the replay clearly it the sound that everyone heard was not the puck hitting the crossbar and coming out. It was hitting the pipe at the back of the net and coming out. So clear goal. Um, Syracuse goes up one nothing, and they have to put more than three minutes back on the clock. I mean, it's more than three minutes of play that's just out the window. Uh, it was it was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. Um, and so it's you know there was there, there was a lot of that physicality really kind of carried over the 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 tensions really carried over you saw John Parker Jones and PC Labry uh drop the gloves in this one um and things just started to to really get nasty um you know there were there were plenty of penalties uh happening in this one um they won it five to one. That was the only goal that Syracuse scored was that wonky one in the first period. And then the rocket just kind of opened things up. Um, but 54 penalty minutes for the, for the Syracuse crunch in this game, 54 penalty minutes. Um, it was, uh, it was a little ugly. <laughs> it was a little ugly. Uh, Olivier Gallopo scoring in back-to-back games, got his second of the season with an empty netter. Uh, the Rocket managed to score twice on the power play, two for eight, which was good. And the Syracuse Crunch were 0 for 2 on the power play. So the PK getting a bit of a uh, bit of help as well. Um, I invite you to visit ahlreport.com. Check out our comprehensive game recaps from both of the, both of those games. Uh, those, those recaps were courtesy of Chris G since he was uh, at the home games in Laval. Uh, and they also include audio from uh, his post-game interviews with Coach Uhl and some of the players. So you'll want to check that out as well. Um, So it's going to be an interesting week this week. The Manitoba Moose come to town uh, playing on Wednesday night and Friday night uh, for the Laval Rocket before they head out on the road and play a 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon game in Toronto against the Marlies. Uh, so we will have full coverage of all three of those games uh, coming up this week. And in the next segment, uh, when Patrick Williams joins me in the studio, we're going to talk a bit about this two-game matchup against the Manitoba Moose, who who have had a lot of success recently. Uh, it's going to be a tough task for the Laval Rocket, and we're going to uh, explore that uh, matchup in that little mini two-game series uh, coming up in the next segment. Uh, so what we're going to do right now is take a quick break. We're going to hear from a message, hear a message from our wonderful sponsors over at DraftKings. And on the other side of it, you can bet that Patrick Williams will be here in the studio with me for the AHL Hot Stove segment. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. You are listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. 
combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report. Rocket Sports Media, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, And we are so glad that you are still here with us. It was a fun first segment, recapping all of the latest from the Laval Rocket. Uh, And of course, uh, if you haven't done so already, allow me to just take a moment to invite you to subscribe to this podcast. We don't ever want you to miss an episode. Uh, If you could also share this podcast, just hit the share button and just All you have to do, hit the share button, pick your favorite social media platform, and hit send. It's as easy as that, but it really goes a long way towards helping us grow our audience and grow this community, and uh, we would appreciate your help with that. Uh, Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at the AHL Report, and at the Press Zone. You can find me on Twitter, at Flyers Rule. And uh, we, uh, we always love to hear from our listeners and readers and followers. So feel free to drop us a comment at any time uh, and we'll be glad to get back to you. So if we're going to talk about the upcoming opponents for the Laval Rocket, and it also just happens to be that those opponents are uh, Western Conference opponents, which we don't get to see quite as often, of course, The expert to bring in on the subject would be none other than Patrick Williams, joining us again this week for the AHL Hot Stove to talk about that and so much more. Uh, Patrick, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Rang in the New Year uh, event-free, I hope? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Event-free is good. I think New Year's Eve, uh, no news is good news, so just a nice quiet ushering in of of the new year um i spoke quite a bit uh in the in the first segment uh about the injury status uh yet again of of the laval rocket and how thin things are for jf ull with with his lineup between the call-ups to montreal the injuries and he's got a lot of uh echl guys in the lineup right now Um, And while they were successful last week, twice against Syracuse, this week they're facing an opponent they haven't seen yet this season uh, in the Manitoba Moose. It's uh, not someone who's in their conference, um, and they're not an opponent that is is one to to take lightly. Uh, It seems like Manitoba is having uh, a strong season, particularly in the last few weeks. Can you give us a bit of kind of an advanced scouting report on what what Laval can expect to to encounter when they take on the Manitoba Moose twice this week? Um, hardworking team, um, very well coached, very well structured. Uh, Their top five in both uh, power play and penalty kill. Um, strong goaltending. Um, yeah, probably their their weak spot is they they lack you know a lot of you know real high end you know offensive 
talent. I mean, they have Jeff Malott there, who's had an excellent season. But uh, beyond that, it tends to be scoring by committee, which has worked reasonably well for them. But, uh, you know, when you get in a situation where, you know, the team kind of collectively hits a law, that that can be uh, a weak spot for them. They're coming off a pretty tough weekend, actually. They they lost back-to-back games against Abbotsford at home. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, they've been excellent at home for, you know, a good portion of the season. So that was, uh, they caught Abbotsford at uh, kind of just the wrong time. Abbotsford's been on an absolute roll uh, the better part of the last two to three weeks. So um, that was, you know, a bit of a tough uh, tough timing for the Moose. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, they're very steady. Um, similar to last year's club in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't have quite the same amount of depth, but uh, just uh, not a team you want to really see on your schedule, (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially if you are Laval and you are coming off uh, two wins last week and, you know, you're trying to build some sort of momentum, Um, seeing that Manitoba name on the schedule is not ideal. Who are the, uh, who are the, the really dangerous names on the roster to look out for? Uh, Jeff Malott for sure. Uh, they have a really good back end. Uh, Declan uh, Chisholm um, uh, really stands out. Uh, Leon Gawanka, um, um, another. Um, they move the puck well. Um, the defensemen definitely like to jump into the play and contribute. Um, so they're they're a team that uh, um, is really strong. One of maybe the best, you know, at least in the top, you know two or three best blue lines in the league, you know, at any given moment. So um, it's definitely something Laval has to be mindful of that uh, the defense there, you know, they, they can and will jump into the play. So um, they're not a team you can, you can certainly take lightly um, and they can run two real solid goaltenders, Arvidholm and uh, Ascari Salmonen. So um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of weak spots. Uh, we <laughs> Up and down that roster, um, you know, you look at, you know, you're trying to, like, think, geez, well, maybe we can't exploit the third or fourth line. Well, no, that's pretty solid. So um, they're a team that's, uh, I think, will definitely give Laval a handful, that's for sure. You know, and it's, they did come up with two wins last week, despite being so uh, so shorthanded as it is um, with a couple of, of first AHL goals uh, for, for some guys. Um, you know, guys are kind of stepping up to the plate. Um, is that, is that kind of next man up mentality? Is that enough of a confidence boost for them to, for, for the, the team that Laval has right now to, um, to really carry forward? Or do you think there's going to be some significant stumbling blocks in the, in the week or so ahead? Well, it's going to have to be right. I mean, it's, you know, we were talking about that, uh, you know, before we, before we started and, you know, that schedule that Laval's got this, you know, first two or three weeks of, of January. I mean, you're, you're, you're just trying to build a little bit of momentum, right? Like, yeah, you had an up and down December, um, then a pretty light, you know, you went nine days between, or I guess a week between games and you, you get those back-to-back wins. You're feeling good. Um, then you have Manitoba coming in, then you go down to Toronto, over to Rochester, Syracuse. And as you've said, you know, it's always a tough building for them to play in. 
Cleveland, which is a team that's given them trouble, uh, back to Rochester. <laughs> uh, and then you get a weekend where you get Hershey and Toronto back-to-back. So mm. you get uh, both division leaders in the Eastern Conference um, on your schedule. So, and then, you know, even you go beyond that, Belleville, a team that's been a challenge for them, back to Cleveland, back to Toronto, um, you know, going into the All-Star break. So, um yeah, the schedule, well, I mean, the schedule's not doing them any favors, that's for sure. And, and no. as we said, you know, like, they didn't do themselves any favors, right? By that's right. By having a bad start uh, early on. Um, that's a time of the season where you can start to catch some teams, um, you know, before they're completely um, in their own groove. Uh, and the Rocket were so bad that first, well, really two months or so of the season. So uh, they haven't leave really been able to leave themselves any margin for error here now um their one saving grace that we said is i think the division is on the weaker side this year so mm-hmm. uh, you know you know that's possibly to their benefit but, right um, you know on the other side like you know like you're saying you know the, the injury list is extensive and um even when you get players back like you know what what sort of uh condition are they going to be in terms of sharpness right you know i mean if you know primo's kaden primo's been out for over a month whenever he does come back right i mean you know it might take him a little bit of time to get up to speed so yeah um yeah i think i mean this this month you know really not even this month the next two to three weeks if if they don't come through it strong um they really leave themselves in a, a situation where they could be if not out of contention, very close to falling out of contention. So, I mean, this is, this is critical, um, period coming up. And, um, you know, unfortunately for them, the AHL schedule maker has not done them any favors. No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, it's, it's gonna, it might be a bumpy ride in January for them. Uh, it'll be, it'll, it'll be a bit of a nail biter, I think for, for Laval fans as they, you know, you know, they're hoping for, for the wins. Uh, we'll see if, if Laval's able to get it done. Um, you did mention that they're going to see Toronto a couple of times uh, this this month. Uh, they haven't seen Toronto in a little while, uh, but Toronto was making some headlines right before the New Year's break for uh, you know over the holidays for a different reason. Uh, they were one of just a couple of teams who were putting up some ridiculously high attendance numbers with some special games uh, that they had uh, leading up uh, to the to the New Year's Eve. Uh, holiday and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some some? Did we break records? Were there were there records broken for attendance, or just some, um, you know, some records set at least for the season as far as attendance this past couple of weeks? It's a good question. I don't believe there are records, um, but it, strong numbers all the same. Sure. Um, coming right out of uh, the Christmas break, um, Boxing Day last week, um, they had Belleville. It's kind of a, you know, it's one of those traditional games that they've, um, the Marlies have really kind of set up on their schedule uh, each year. And um, it was uh, right off the bat, uh, they uh, they pulled in over 11,000 fans at Scotiabank Arena, which is, you know, the, the NHL building there, home of the Leafs, and mm-hmm. um, um, which is great, right? Like, you know, obviously just good crowds in general, but, you know, that's also a day where they're able to bring a lot of, a lot of the younger fans in, and, you know, and the, the kids don't have school and, you know, that, uh, you know, it's definitely heavily marketed towards kids and families. So, right. um, 
it was, uh, you know, you got a traditional rival, so, you know, that helps uh, sell things a little bit. And uh, even better for the Marlies, they won. <laughs> um, that always helps send the crowd home happy. Um, uh, so, yeah, they've uh, they've done really well. And then, you know, you had Hershey. Uh, really uh, you know, ideal scheduling for them, too. They had Providence coming in. Uh, so it was a battle of 1-2 in the uh, Atlantic Division. Um, really, uh, for my money, probably the two top teams in the East period. And uh, over 10,500, uh, the first uh, game, and that was last Wednesday, and then they had a New Year's Eve Saturday uh, game. So they pulled in the, in the high nines. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, you know, this is the time of the year when teams really do try to load up on those holiday week games and, um, you know, you have families around, you have, you know, people looking something to do with the kids, um, take them out to the hockey team, right? Yeah, so, that's uh, right. Chella was another team. They had over 10,000, uh, um, against their new, uh, their new geographic rival, Ontario, uh, just about an hour or so away. So, um, good really to kind of juice that rivalry up early on. And, uh, so, yeah, you look up and down the league, you know, the attendance numbers were strong last week. And that really, um, that sort of post-Christmas time is you really do start, you know, traditionally to see the attendance numbers uh, take off. You know, that, that first couple months, you know, the, the attendance can be a little soft, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're competing against a lot of uh, different things. It's a busy time of the year. Um, football's going full swing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of markets that's always a huge competition even like right i know like in wolfsbury for example like high school football is a huge Ab- well yeah for sure yeah so like even things that's you know maybe not might not be the most obvious uh competitors right off the bat so uh, yeah you're you're going against that you're going against college football you know there's a lot of overlap in different markets and then now even with with uh you know the leaping in so many big markets you you share a lot of markets now with the nfl right Mm-hmm. Cleveland, um, Chicago, um, um, San Jose. I know San Jose's building is, you know, about 10 minutes from where the 49ers play, right? Like, you know, and, you know, I, I, the Northeast is always, you know, like, you know, you know, your Providence always is going up against the New England Patriots. So, you know, right on, just right on down the list, the NFL is such a behemoth. And, you know, it's a challenge for teams early on. But now as that starts to, you know, recede a little bit now this is when teams you know especially coming out of the pandemic um can really start to you know, bank up you know on some of that attendance and you know, it'll be interesting to see because you know last year was supposed to be the test but then right around you know, this time January was yeah. when the whole resurgence happened with the pandemic so that kind of skewed a lot of things um so now this is really the first time in three years that we're going to see a quote-unquote normal um kind of test period uh, to see where, you know, exactly where attendance stands in a lot of these markets. So it'll be a good, it'll be a good barometer, I think. Um, but uh, I think early on, you know, at least based on last week, um, the, uh, the numbers are very promising. Well, the other thing that's uh, going to be a, 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 re, a re, you know, coming back this, this season uh, coming up here soon is the AHL All-Star Classic weekend, finally making its comeback after three years of, 
postponements, and uh, that'll be hosted by the Laval Rocket next month, the first week uh, in in February. And uh, this past week, we have finalization now of who will be uh, the head coach representing each of the four divisions uh, at the All-Star Classic. Of course, that's typically done by the uh, head coach of what team is leading each division uh, at the end of kind of the the period where where they can qualify for that and uh, so I think some of those names are are not a surprise that are on this list uh, Patrick and others I think it's kind of nice to see um, some areas where some teams and coaches are really having some success this year yeah so it's kind of a good mix of um, real established um, names like uh, Todd Nelson for example mm-hmm um, Leading uh, with the Hershey Bears, with the Hershey Bears, um, you know he's won three Carter Cups, uh, you know in various roles. Um, he was assistant coach with the Dallas Stars for the last four seasons uh, before he came back to the AHL. So you have him, but then you have kind of those you know, those younger coaches. Uh, you have Mitch Love in Calgary. You have Neil Graham in uh, Texas. Um, Up and coming coaches, Love. Uh, he was the uh, HL coach of the year last season with Stockton. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't skipped a beat since they moved the team up to Calgary. Um, so it's a real good, um, real good mix that way. Like to have, um, you know, you know, kind of just a different uh, you know, set of faces. And then you have Greg Moore with the Marlies, kind of another young coach as well, uh, who you know he came up through that Chicago Steel system on uh, the USHL. And really, kind of stepped into a weird situation. He replaced Sheldon Keefe when Keefe was promoted to the Leafs. Um, that was early in the 2019 20 season. And then, of course, we all know what happened that year. Yes. Uh, so, you know, he he never quite had a normal introduction uh, to the pro game as a coach. Uh, you know, that season was obviously very uh, abbreviated. And then, you know, the next season was that kind of that practice season, quote-unquote, and last year was all over the place as well. So this is the first real season that, you know, even though he's in his fourth season, it's really kind of his first normal season. Uh, so it's a it's a good look at him as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a real good bunch. Uh, you know, tell from, you know, I can say from, you know, having spoken with all of them, you know, a number of times over the years, uh, they're all – Real insightful, uh, young coaches, different types of personalities. Uh, you know, like Todd Nelson is kind of the laid back head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing really rattles him. Um, you know, he's he's more of a hands off coach, right? And he lets his players kind of, you know, he gives them as much rope as um, they'll let him. And uh, you know, he so he really puts a lot of trust in players. And then you have other coaches that are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit more um, hands on. And you know, it's, it goes to show that. You know, there's different ways to, to make it work and so it's a good it's a good variety in that sense as well well it's uh it's going to be fascinating to watch again that's todd nelson head coach of the hershey bears he will be uh coaching the atlantic division in the all-star classic uh greg moore head, uh, head coach of the toronto marlies will head up the north division Neil Graham, who is the head coach of the Texas Stars, will lead the Central Division. And Mitch Love, uh, the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, will be heading up the Pacific Division. Uh, It's going to be very fun to see the All-Star Weekend uh, back on the schedule and and happening. And Laval will be hosting it for the first time, I'm sure, over the next few weeks. We'll be talking about it uh, in greater detail as we get closer to it. 
And Patrick, I would imagine by the next time we meet again, we may even have uh, some roster announcements uh, for for the All-Star Classic as those, as that kind of news starts to trickle out as well for who is selected by the league. So um, thank you for uh, giving us some insight on the coaches who are going to guide all of the All-Stars this year. <laughs> And uh, it's always, as as we always say, uh, it's great to kick off uh, the new year with another episode or edition of the AHL Hot Stove. And as always, you just come bringing all of the great insight around the AHL. Well, thank you. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, and we will see you back here next Tuesday. Happy New Year. Well, there is a lot to look forward to uh, coming up in the next week for the Laval Rocket and the AHL in the next month for the Laval Rocket, at least for Laval Rocket fans and AHL fans as they get set to host uh, the AHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, lots of great information in there from Patrick Williams. Thank, thank you very much to him again for uh, joining me each and every week for the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, can't wait to see what kinds of goodies we're going to get into on next week's show. Uh, with that... We are going to wrap things up for today. Again, I invite you to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, we'll have all of your in-game updates of the Laval Rockets games uh, all week this week, including, of course, those extensive post-game recaps. And uh, we are just so happy to usher in 2023 with all of you, our best listeners. We appreciate you being here each and every week, and we've got lots of great things in store for you for the second half of the season and uh, this first half of the new calendar year. So happy new year to all of you and your loved ones and your families and friends. And uh, don't forget to come back next Tuesday for another excellent episode of the Press Own Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.